Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Brandon Wright. Got a great episode tonight for you. Be joined by our guest, David Wise, from the Flat Earth Podcast. Now, if you're not familiar with the Flat Earth Theory, David is one of the top people recommended to talk to in regards to this topic. But before we jump into our discussion with David, if you've had an encounter, an experience, or just a story to share, please contact me. You can send me an email to tinfoiltalespodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's tinfoiltalespodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Facebook and contact me through there. But we're going to go ahead and jump on in with our discussions with David. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'd like to welcome our guest today, David Wise. Now, some may know of David as Flat Earth Dave from the Flat Earth Podcast, but welcome, David. Definitely appreciate you coming out today and talking with me. Thanks, Brandon. Love having these conversations with people that are at least curious rather than just locked in a heliocentric prison. Yeah, I'm definitely one of those people that are, I keep an open mind to everything. So, you know, I, I used to, I, I'm sorry, I used to um, think of myself as an open minded person. I did a conspiracy podcast called Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole. And when Flat Earth was brought up to me, I immediately banned those people for life from even commenting. And I asked them to stop watching my podcast or listening to it um, because they're too stupid. I mean, the idea of a flat earth, of course, we know the earth is a globe. <clears throat> it wasn't until Sophia Smallstorm, a, a fellow researcher, a friend of mine, um, said she thought the earth was flat and made me, made me, forced me screaming and kicking to watch some videos um, that started putting a lot of questions in my head. So throwing back to you. I've always kind of wondered just from the horizon perspective like you don't really see because i've been on airplanes i've looked out the window and everything and you don't see the curvature but and then you talk to someone someone talks about it being like scientific related this and that but if you start actually looking into things a lot of that doesn't make a whole lot of sense so and i'm not i'm not on one side or the other right now i'm just kind of split down the middle like I've got a lot of questions, basically. <laughs> well, well, here, here's the thing, and uh, um, I'll get back to the horizon in a second. Is um, once you start, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a little frog in my throat. Once you start um, asking questions and actually thinking, uh, you evident you fairly quickly, but for sure, um, become a globe skeptic, to say the least. And then the more you dig into it, then you realize you're a globe denier. And uh, what are the other options? You know, the earth is a level horizontal plane, um, which we describe as flat. Flat is not a shape. So once you start looking, that's all, you know, I, I ask people, don't believe anything I say. Go out and verify it yourself because that's what I did. I, don't, I didn't just watch a video and say, oh, wow, Earth is flat. Hmm, interesting. I went out and, and recreated the stuff that I saw and, and saw it for myself and did the measurements myself. But getting back to the horizon, you know, we look out over the water, we see a horizon. What is a horizon? Well, horizon comes from the word horizontal. And it's where the sky um, apparently meets the ground. Now, we're told that's because <clears throat> that's it's going over a ball. And that's uh, not truth, because if we're on a ball of um, specific dimensions, they tell us 24,901 miles in circumference, there is a physical horizon at a certain distance, depending on your height. That's at six feet tall, standing at the edge of calm water, the 
physical horizon should be a three three miles away because there's a six foot drop. You shouldn't be able to see the surface of the water beyond three miles, but we can. We can see it way far beyond. We can see things that should be hundreds, thousands of feet below the curve. But with today's consumer optics and our naked eye, we can see things too far. It's people just never put the numbers together because the guy in a bow tie who lies told you boats go over the curve. Um, and he's absolutely right. If we lived on a ball, which is impossible, a boat would disappear over a physical horizon, but that's not what we actually see when we go and look. That leads me to another question I've got written down. Why would those in charge try to keep this like under wraps? Like what, what is a, of all the world's governments and all the world's entities and everything else, why is this the one thing that they're all in unison on that they don't want anyone to know about? Well, there's two things the whole world is in unison on. One is nobody can go independently explore the lands that we call Antarctica, the outer lands on our flat world. And the other thing is that all the countries all together in lockstep said everybody must get the jibby jab and, uh, you know, to fight the boogeyman. And they, uh, you know, Two things that everyone agrees on, everything else they're fighting on. So when you actually start looking into why nobody can go to Antarctica, you know, that supposedly Admiral Byrd went out there, said there's land bigger than the United States filled with resources that no human or animal has ever set foot upon. All right. Well, wow. A desolate, barren land where you don't have to displace anybody. There's no um, environmental concerns as far as, you know, animals displacing, um, you know, replacing them or displacing them. Sorry and filled with resources that the world is fighting over. And then all the world signs on to a treaty that says nobody can go there, nobody can exploit it, nobody can even ask questions about it. Okay, that's, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. So um, what was your question that I was uh, trying to get to and I kind of sidetracked? The, basically how they're all in unison to try and keep it hidden. Yeah, so, so yeah, and then that's going to lead to why the lie but let's save that for a little bit later because the why the lie is the most important one because you know a smart person when they're when they're having their heliocentric beliefs yanked out from underneath their feet um one by one and very clearly they they throw their hands up and just go well why the lie i can't imagine this many people you know you can't even keep a blowjob in the white house a secret you know how are they going to keep this you know billions millions and billions of people you know conspiring for what purpose this is the number one question and it is the number it is um to me, one of the, you know, things that proves like, wow, this is the most important lie they have. This is the one that keeps us um, in check. So my, my point was, if you walked into a room and a uh, little grisly example, and there was dead bodies butchered all over the place, right in front of you, physical evidence, they're all there. You don't go, eh, I don't, I don't see a motive. I don't believe it. You know, you have to look at the evidence, look at the evidence first and then figure out the motive. So people left starting with, well, why the lie? Um, let's look at the evidence first and then let's figure out the motive. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So like if people wanted to actually start looking into this, look for the evidence, where would they need to start at? Well, so there's another big clue is whenever you search flat earth, uh, you don't get the results that you should be getting. You get the state-run propaganda, you get the debunking channels, you get the paid um, anti-flat earthers uh, channels. Like if you, there's a great video called, and it's a very unique name, had millions of views, A Stranger's Guide to Flat Earth, 21 Questions. 
pretty unique name. So if you search that exact title and it's been uploaded many, many times by the original channel, it's still up. Um, it will not show up in your feed. You will get Professor Dave. You will get Simon Dan. You will get all of these anti-flat earthers that just gaslight and make fun and try to, you know, talk in funny voices and make, you know, and, and uh, you know, they basically just straw man and gaslight our arguments. They say all things that none of us say and, and claims. And that's to trap the weaker minds from looking any further. You Google Flat Earth, you end up at the Flat Earth Society. Wow, Flat Earth Society. I've heard Obama mention it six times during his presidency. Flat Earth Society. We don't have time for a meeting of the Flat Earth Society, he said. Right? Many times he said that. Um, and the reason is they want you to go there because the Flat Earth Society is a government-run disinformation site. It has a little bit of truth, but then it has a bunch of crappy claims that will just make you get lost and tired and, and confused, and then you'll just give up looking. So where can you go? My website is flatearthdave.com. I have YouTube channels. I have Instagram channels. I have TikToks, depending on what your flavor of media is. Um, I also have tons of information on the site. I have the Flat Earth App Challenge, um, which I'll tell you about in a second. But I have the Flat Earth Crash Course all on there for free. And I also have a $3 app. It's called the Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock App. I don't expect you to remember that name. Just go to flatearthdave.com. And that app is just go read the reviews. Don't buy the app. Just go read the reviews because um, it is the number one way that people are waking up. You know, someone like after, after this, you might be like, wow, I need more information. Let me get that $3 app. And that way, all of your questions are answered. There's a frequently asked question page. There's a more information page. There's models of the map. There's, there's all sorts of videos. There's, um, there's everything is on there, including what I call the Flat Earth Friend Finder, because when you realize that the world is flat, you may lose a couple close relationships. Some people may not be ready to handle it. And uh, that's a problem. And, you know, they just need their time. But it'll show you all of the other flat earthers that have the app that are near you. And we just hit, I think, 76,000 um, people that are on the Friend Finder, over 300,000 downloads as one of the highest rated apps in the App Store. And the Friend Finder, you just tap on a dot or you can say, hey, you know what? I'm going to Joe's Bar and Grill on Saturday at four o'clock. You send out a radius message to 10 kilometers, 50 kilometers. And you say, hey, I'm having a little meetup at Joe's Bar and Grill Saturday, 123 Main Street, um, 4 p.m. And bam, everyone in that radius will get that message and they could show up. And now you have literally best friends. Um, it, it's becoming a dating app, right? Because every dot on there is a... Um, like-minded person, awake, aware, interesting, a beautiful person. And, uh, and I, I, it's called the friend finder because every dot on there, male or female has the potential to be your very best friend. There's already babies being born because of this. And, um, I'm honored. I'm blessed uh, to have been able to create this thing and make it better and better over time. So that was a long spiel, but that's where you find the information free on flatearthdave.com. Or get the app so you always have it in your pocket. So when you're actually talking to somebody, you can bring up images. Like, what do you mean the Earth is like a pond, right? And then you show them the Antarctic Basin and how Antarctica surrounds the world. Or you can say, what do you mean extraterrestrials are coming from the outer space? Well, the outer space is the lands beyond Antarctica. There's old maps. There's stories. There's all sorts of stuff about lands beyond Antarctica. So that's where you get the information. Now that you mentioned like the whole space and everything else, I've seen a lot of different theories involved with flat earth where people think that we're in a globe. Some think we're not. Uh, 
and space isn't real. The moon's not real. This and that, like, where is your stance? Like, what is your stance on stuff like that? How do you feel? Okay. So great question. And when people say prove to me, the earth is flat. I like to do things that we can test measure and see ourselves. Anything above the highest we can get, um, which isn't very high or beyond the shoreline of Antarctica is speculation. And it's fun to speculate. And there's tons of evidence and proofs that, um, you know, the things that we're talking about are most likely true, but we don't really need to go that far. But let's talk about space. Space is scientifically impossible. And the heliocentric world, the globe world, we live on a rock that is surrounded by water, which is surrounded by an atmosphere, a high pressure system, which is adjacent to a void, a vacuum of space. Okay, a no pressure system that is scientifically impossible, absolutely 100% impossible. Now, the Globers will say, well, you know, uh, the atmosphere gets thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner until it's space. And uh, that's ridiculous. And, they, and, they, and that's because gravity is holding the atmosphere down. Right. And so the simple experiment you could do is that I'm going to draw a little picture in your mind. So you have a, uh, a glass box a nice a nice big glass box and inside that glass box you have another glass box and that glass box the smaller one inside is um filled with air and it has a little remote control trap door on the top of it and it's in there so now we put it in the big box and we suck all of the air out of the big box so that is the space zero pressure what happens when i press a button and the little hatch opens on the top of the little box that's filled with air well you and i both know the air will immediately equalize through the entire system. Well, what happened to gravity holding that air down into the box, just like it's holding it down on the earth? Absolute nonsense once you absolutely look into it. The other problem with space is sizes and distances, right? We all know the model of the, the, our solar system. The sun is gigantic, the earth is tiny, and the other planets you know, <clears throat> are, are there. If you look at the meme that they show us, you know, if the sun was a yoga ball, right, a big yoga ball, uh, the earth would be a small marble next to it, right? You with me, Brandon? Yeah, I'm there. I okay. So, so you got the you got the small marble. Now imagine, imagine um, in the middle of summer, it's noontime, and I move our sun to one mile over your head, it's directly over your head, one mile. You look up, it's going to fill the entire sky. You got that yoga ball on top of a BB with about a, a, a fraction of a millimeter difference, and you're standing on the BB. Well, the whole sky is is literally the sun. Then I move the sun 93 million miles away. That's where they tell us it is. And now it's reduced from the entire sky to the size of a coin held at arm's length. And that's how we see the sun. That's so big and it's so far. Okay. So if I doubled the distance to that sun, how much smaller would it get? Right. And I say too small to see, but let's say you can still see it. So let's double it again. So now it's four times as far. Let's be safe. Let's double it eight times as far. Eight times as far measured in light distances is a light hour because they tell us the sun is eight light minutes away. So if I made it eight times as far, that's 64 minutes, a light hour. So if the sun at a light hour away, it's provably too small to see. Well, let's just be a little safer. Let's make it um, 24 times farther. So now it's a light day away, 24 times farther. It's already too small to see. There's no question that you can't see it. 24 times farther is a light day. So how can I prove that we can't see stars? Well, NASA tells us Polaris, our North Star, is 48 times bigger than, the Earth, than, the, than our sun. So if I made it 
48 times farther than I just made the sun. So 48 light days, so around up 50 light days away, you could not see Polaris. It's less than two light months. They tell us Polaris is 433 light years away. Okay. You cannot fathom the discrepancy there. You cannot fathom it. So how the hell are we seeing Polaris? And that's not even paying attention to how light spreads out and gets weaker and weaker and literally stops. You can't see light when it's a light source really far away because it gets so dim, you can't see it. So the idea of seeing these small and big and all these different stars, when they all look like they're the same distance and set in the sky, and we're supposedly in this heliocentric beehive, everything's moving in different directions, but the stars never change. Go out tonight, take a picture of the stars from a certain position in your yard, save that picture, put a note in your calendar to do the same exact thing next year and compare the pictures. Every single star will be in the exact same position, right? Meanwhile, we've corkscrewed through space, traveling 4.4 billion miles from where we were last year and do it again in 10 years. They'll still be there. 44 billion miles. Can't even fathom that distance, right? That's heliocentric space is scientifically impossible. So you want to talk about aliens. I think you guys talk about aliens a bit. Imagine um, uh, uh, there's a, we're lucky enough that the closest star has a planet that has advanced aliens that want to come here and visit. The closest star is 25 trillion miles away. That's four and a half light years, four and a half light years, 25 trillion miles. They have to travel 25 trillion miles to come here and crash in Roswell. So first, how far is 25 trillion miles? Well, we've heard trillions, you know, we're in trillions of debt. And, uh, you know, there's all this stuff. How long do you think one trillion seconds is? Just to give you an idea of how big a trillion is. How long is one trillion seconds? Take a guess. Oh, take, just take a wild guess. Probably over 100 something years. 100 years. Very close. 31,000 years. Okay. What, so let that sink in. One trillion seconds is 31,000 years. So if you were in a spaceship traveling at a mile per second, which no one has ever gone that fast, okay, for 31,000 years, you are now 125th of the way to the closest star. Are you starting to understand how ridiculous this is? Okay. That's, if you, that's one of the things that I've always thought about, too, is when they talk about the distance of space. To me, I actually had this conversation with someone last week, and they got pissed off with me. But I said, it doesn't make any sense that the distances are so far and we're seeing supposed light from these stars from, it takes years upon years, thousands of years on some Light of these, years. just to, yeah, just to get here. Yeah. Ridiculous. So that, that star shouldn't even be there anymore, but we're still seeing it in the same spot because well, they're gets, like, well, well so there's ahead, the, lights, the lights basically coming. You're seeing in the past It's like, yeah, I get that. You're basically looking in the past because everything you're looking at now happened millions of years ago, supposedly, and it's still just getting here. So that star could have erupted, exploded, and we'd never know until like millions of years from now. That, that doesn't my make any sense. My answer to that is cool story, bro, because, you know, they tell us, you know, our sun is gigantic next to our earth, but Betelgeuse is a thousand times bigger than our sun. And then um, Aries is like a million times bigger than Betelgeuse. How come we don't see stars all different sizes in the sky, right? Are all the biggest ones farther away from us and the smaller ones closer to us? So they all look like they're the same size. You know, they tell us the sun is 400 times bigger and 400 times farther than our moon. 
That's why they look like they're the same size. No, they look like they're the same size because they are the same size. They're here. They're small. They're within our atmosphere. And don't ask me what they are because that's a whole nother story. Again, can't reach, can't touch, can't measure, can't even tell you the proper shape of them. So these distances are impossible. To get to that nearest star, if you were going 100,000 miles an hour, it would take you 28,000 years. Okay? Nonsense. And that's the closest one. The other ones are magnitudes farther. Magnitudes. Right? Now, that's scientifically impossible. Flying through a space vacuum, you know, once upon a time, there was nothing. It exploded, became everything. Cool story. Right? And then all the rocks started sticking together. And all of the gases somehow started sticking together. And they sucked in more and more gases until they were so big and there was so so much gravity that they turned into nuclear furnaces and they left a void, a vacuum in between all of the other stars and all of the other planets, but somehow their gravity is holding on to each other. So now we have burning balls of gas in a void, in a vacuum. That's just ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense. And they're holding on to each other in this gravitational model that no one knows our best supercomputers can't model more than three bodies. You put three bodies in a two body system, you know, orbiting any size, you know, masses, they can pre predict what it's going to do forever. Add a third body in into that system and the thing goes into chaos mode, right? So you can't even figure out three bodies. And meanwhile, you know, I looked up last night and we had um, the lights in the sky that we call the moon, uh, Venus, Neptune and Saturn are all right next to each other. Well, what about their gravities pulling on each other? Gravitational models are complete and total nonsense yes you can model them somewhat you can't get past you know two bodies but three bodies becomes chaos so that that the whole idea of that is insane scientifically impossible now let's look at the flat earth model okay when you look at a, a puddle well, a puddle is where water accumulates in the low spot in the land, right? It rains, all the water goes to the low spot, and it accumulates there, and it'll remain a puddle because the land around the outside of the edge of the water is higher consistently than the puddle. Now, transfer that into a pond, which is a bigger puddle, and a lake, which is a bigger pond, right? What holds a lake in place? What stops the water from flowing away? And that is the land that's consistently higher than the surface of the water. Now, expand that out to the world's oceans, our ocean pond right? We live in a giant pond. Water is at rest, is measurably, testably, scientifically, provably flat, level, horizontal. And at the edge of our pond is the highest land in the world. That's what they call Antarctica. Okay. I don't, I'm not even sure if Antarctica completely surrounds us. I think that there might be hundreds of thousands of miles of more ocean beyond where they tell us Antarctica is. Now, you can go off of Santiago, Chile, um, and to a sightseeing trip where you barely see any sights, you stay on the ship mostly, um, to the little tip of Antarctica that they show us that is close to, to Santiago. But that could just be a continent, let's say, five times bigger than the United States. How would you know? That, you know, you if you're a globe believer, you think it's the continent of Antarctica. And if you're a flat earth believer, you think it's the ice wall that surrounds us all the way. Well, what if it doesn't? What if it's just another continent? And if we went a little bit left or a little bit right, you know, a couple thousand miles, oh, more ocean. And we can go farther and farther and farther until we find another continent and another continent and another continent. On, my, on the app, um, if you go to the images section and go to the maps area, there's an old map that was found in a Buddhist temple in... Uh, Hawaii, I think, um, that showed a map from 10 centuries ago. And it shows, I think, 30 or 40 other continents beyond 
the you know the the 80th parallel where we call we we say that's Antarctica at the bottom of a ball. So again, that's speculation. We just want the right to explore. We want airships back. Airships were all over the place in the 1800s, giant, luxurious helium airships, right? And we had airships back, which they purposely took away from us. They demonized hydrogen with the Hindenburg. And NASA, the fakes at NASA, not a space agency, they control all of the helium in the world. They allow just enough for party balloons and a Goodyear blimp. But if you want to open up a dirigible, um, you know, rigid inflatable company, you can't because you can't get the helium. There's always a little helium shortage, right? Because if you had that, a solar panel and a fan, uh, basically you can go uh, anywhere you want and not worry about fuel. So again, we want the right to explore, um, to prove the earth is flat. We can do that right here from where we stand without leaving the ground. We can measure and the measurements show us there is no curvature. Every test done in scientific, um, you know, through time by credentialed scientists to prove axial rotation or curvature has failed in proving the opposite. That was a long rant. Sorry. No, that's fine. So I was thinking while you were talking, has anyone that's been on the flatter side ever tried to attach some sort of like a camera or something and actually shoot? A homemade rocket up to where they can get past like to see if there's a curvature the higher up they go or if they've ever has anyone ever tried to do something like that that you're aware of so there's um you know to to launch a rocket you need permission from again nasa okay so there was the red bull um jumping uh not jump red, red bull jump that's another one that was done with the balloon we talked about it in a second but they did the go fast rocket in arizona and it went up supposedly 73 miles and it went straight up really fast. They gave us two camera views, one on the side looking out and one looking down. And the rocket was spinning really fast as it went up for stability. And uh, it went up really fast. And then all of a sudden it hit something. It went kerplunk and it made this like noise, like dropping a rock into a pond. Right. And then it floated very weirdly. Right. And there's a lot of different theories on what's going on there. You know, I personally think that it hit the level where the firmament was starting and it went into a thicker plasma field. OK. But the most interesting part of that one was when the camera, when it was floating around and kind of twisting around, it got a shot across the Earth and we could see the moon. Right. So think of the map, think of the globe, Arizona. If you, t if you spun the globe where Arizona's on the top of the, of the ball, right, where that was took off, the, the 73 miles is like a fraction of a millimeter over the surface of that globe, a regular, regular size globe. And the moon was over um, Australia, which would be underneath the globe. How the hell did that camera see the moon if we live in a heliocentric world? Well, the answer is it's impossible. It couldn't have. So it saw across the plane. The other thing is we have sent up ourselves many balloons. They get up to 100, 120,000 feet. Um, it is flat. The earth is not spinning 1,000 miles an hour below us. And we see um, amazing things. One of the things is we launched a balloon at nighttime. in Ari I think it was in Arizona. And it was super clear night. And we had the cameras facing up, 4K cameras looking up. And before it took off, we could see amazing stars. We could see the Milky Way, everything. And so as it gets higher and higher away from light pollution and uh, you know, moisture and you know, above the, the moisture deck, it should get clearer and clearer. But what happens, 50, 60, 70,000 feet, all the stars disappeared. 
That's weird. That's not, you know, ask me to explain that. I give you some theories, but ask me to explain that in a heliocentric model makes zero sense. There's no, there's no explanation. So you have to throw out the heliocentric model based on that alone. The other one was that you're familiar with is the Red Bull space jump where Felix uh, Baumgartner, whatever his name is, um, he went up 127,000 feet and then parachuted down. And uh, a couple things happened. One, um, they, they did two test jumps before uh, the one that they televised. They had them with regular cameras. And on those, the footage from those, which is hard to find, show a flat level, eye level, you know, apparently eye level horizon. But the ones they showed us then from, from him were all with GoPros, with fisheye lenses. And they had ridiculous curves. The famous picture where he's like, you know, you can see the curve of the earth. And you look at the earth. Well, you zoom in on the earth. It's all land. And you look at the rivers and valleys and everything. And you're like, that's all Arizona or New Mexico. Sorry, New Mexico. Um, the, like a, like a, a, a third of the earth is New Mexico. Well, that's clearly a fisheye lens. Clearly. Right. But another thing happened is when he jumped, his parachute wouldn't open. It didn't open until like 50,000 feet where the air got thick enough to open his parachute. And that's important because when you start looking at NASA and their stupid helicopter on Mars, right? Mars has 1% of the atmosphere. They tell us 1%, 1%, right? Well, at 50, at, at 127,000 feet, we have way more than 1% of what we have down here. Right. And and his, par his parachute wouldn't open, but on Mars, we can fly a helicopter and we could land a spacecraft using a parachute. All nonsense. It's all for the non-thinking people that just want to, you know, that have to work, have very little time. They watch the news and they believe what they hear. Yeah, I've never believed that we're actually up on Mars and hell, I don't even think we've, they've been to the moon. I think all that stuff was faked years ago for some reason. I'll take it one step farther. The moon and Mars are fake. They're not physical places. Mars is a light in the sky. Um, where, where are you located? What's what state or where, where are you I, located? I'm in Indiana. You're in Indiana. So if hopefully it's clear tonight because tonight when the moon comes up, um, the Saturn and Jupiter are going to be right pretty close to the moon. I think they will be a little behind, a little behind the moon. Um, Go out, if you have a Zoom camera or binoculars, look at Jupiter. Oh, my God. It is so bright right now. It is crazy. And look at it. It's literally like a little piece of the sun in the sky. Now, you have to believe in the heliocentric model, right? We're told that we're seeing the, the sunlight reflecting off of these planets, and that's why we see them. But this thing is literally the brightest thing in the sky other than the moon, right? And if you zoom in, you can see the four other little, the little moons around Jupiter, but there are other lights. They're luminaries. Um, but you have think about this. If you were on Jupiter, let's say you're standing right above the, the gassy surface of Jupiter and you're looking at our sun. Well, our sun is way, way, way farther away than we see from the Earth. So therefore, it would be smaller. So you have a small, tiny, close to star sized sun that has to light up your gassy, non-reflective surface and then reflect that all the way back to Earth. Ignoring the inverse square law of light, which says every time you double the distance to a light source, it's one quarter of the brightness. And then we look at it and see it as bright as the friggin' sun. Sorry, it doesn't work. The problem is people weren't taught to think, think things through. They were taught to memorize and regurgitate. And a lot of people, just from what I just said, are lost. They didn't hear it. If you got lost in what I just said, rewind and listen to it again. You can't have a tiny, that's like, if I had a basketball 
and uh, and we're in the middle of a pitch black field, and I had a flashlight uh, a mile away, pointing at that basketball, and then behind, no, off the you know so this, a distance away from the basketball, that light is going to bounce off the basketball, and I'm going to be able to see the basketball, and it's going to look bright as the as bright as the flashlight. That's impossible. Totally scientifically provably impossible i've never understood how the reflecting light from this that theory never made sense to me in general just like oh you can see the planets you can see this oh it's reflecting the light from the sun but if it's a rock or a gas how's it reflecting out thank you look the, the reason you never understood it is because you have common sense and you're refusing to replace it with man-made nonsense Okay, we're all born with God-given common sense, and they indoctrinate the crap out of us in school. The first worksheet that a kid brings home from public school is the orbits of the sun and the moons and the planets. Okay, and that's literally one of the first worksheets a kid brings home. Why are they in pounding that into their heads? Then a kid goes home and he watches Sesame Street. What do they have on Sesame Street? They have Werner. They have they have NASA, they have astronauts on there. They have all sorts of stuff. It's all mind programming. There was a Nazi scientist that said, I think it was Nazi scientist that said, uh, give me a man, give me a kid for the first seven years of his life and I'll give you a slave for a lifetime. And uh, that's what happens. So, you know, when you bring up flat earth to, to people, the more violently they react to you, it's because the more indoctrinated that they are. They don't want their world belief ripped out from underneath them. And neither did I, by the way. I was very close-minded about it. But when I was forced to look, um, everything changed. And what difference does it make? It makes all the difference in the world. I've noticed just from looking into these groups on Facebook and trying to ask questions, I would think they would be more welcoming to people with questions, but instead they call you a globe tart or this like I was like well that's not very enticing to have someone come over so, to your side if you're already yeah, insulting so, them yeah so let me let me help you with that there's a couple things that are going on in there one there's um there's there's there are teams and teams and teams of paid or possessed anti-flat earth trolls okay that spend all of their time like I do tons of interviews and it's hard to keep track of when they're all airing but the trolls find them before I do Right. And I was like, I should hire one of these guys to like, hey, when you find one of my interviews, you know, send me the link, you know, and uh, I'll pay you five dollars or something, you know, because these guys spend all of their time trolling my videos. And they'll come and they'll say, Dave's a grifter. He's trying to steal your three dollars for his app that you can use for the rest of your life. You know, oh, you want you, you want me to buy you a round around a round of drinks? Oh, I'll buy a round of drinks, but don't buy his three dollar apps. Right. That you get for the rest of your life. and You don't piss away. Um, and they'll say all of these things, but they never offer a single globe proof. And if you go look at their channels, there's nothing on them. They're empty channels, empty. I call those the globe proof channels. Those are filled with all of the globe proofs because there are none, right? The other thing is there's flat earthers out there that are just so passionate about this. And they're so tired of the trolls that if you go in there and ask a flat earth 101 question, which everyone is indoctrinated, they ask the same thing. What about seasons? What about sunsets? What about sticks and shadows with Aristophanes? What about drinking water on an airplane? What about, you know, gravity? Um, they sometimes get a little overzealous and they assume you're a troll and they attack you. And that happens. I've done it too, but I, I'm, I'm trying, I try to be careful not to do that. So, so 
that's, that's another thing that happens. So that's why my app, the Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app, you can find it at flatearthdave.com, three freaking dollars. It will show you, it'll answer your questions. Every question you have, you know, what about Southern star trails? What about other planets? Are all scientists in on it? Are all pilots in on it? Um, why the lie? Uh, what about ships over the horizon? What about seasons? What about, um, there's everything. They're all in there. And uh, if new stuff comes up, I add new content all the time. And then it'll link you to videos that YouTube will not show you that are still there, okay? It'll link you. We're, we're soon going to switch off of YouTube and, and we have another platform. Um, but right now, you know, we're using YouTube because everybody has the YouTube app on their phone and it works within my app and it just makes it super easy and, and people can watch it on their app and then they can go on their computer and it's in their history and uh, it, all, it all works beautifully. So um, check that out. And, and again, if you don't have a smartphone, which is, you know, I'd say most people do, um, just go to, go to my app website, flatearthdave.com, scroll down to the Flat Earth app challenge, not the, the Flat Earth crash course, and turn off Netflix for a week and watch those videos. And I guarantee anybody, if you watch three, the first three alone, you will never believe in the globe again. Guaranteed. Now, I lost my train of thought. Um, for someone who has been basically told their whole life that <laughs> we live on a spinning ball through space, trying to talk to someone, because again, I'm on the fence one way or the other. I, I see the plausibility of flat earth mm. and a lot of stuff that you've said and a lot of stuff that I've looked into makes sense to me. It makes more sense than the other globe theory, the space theory, because the distances and everything, my mind, I don't know, maybe I have a mental block, but I just can't comprehend the stuff that they say with distances and the traveling. Well, that you can't comprehend it because it's nonsense. So I've always questioned that. I want to believe that there is space and this and that. I want to believe that everything I've been told was true, not a lie. But at the same time, it's, it's like, not. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, fortunately, and unfortunately, it's not. But once you once you wrap your mind around it, think about this. Um, we all, you know, love space and Star Wars and Star Trek and all that idea of, of other intelligent life out there. Um, well, flat Earth kills outer space, kills aliens. Okay, but you know, everyone's waiting for a disclosure. Well, disclosure. If disclosure was coming from the closest star, the closest, the one we were talking about a little while ago, and they're traveling at a ridiculous speed, uh, they'll be here in 28,000 years. So just sit tight. Disclosure is coming, okay, out of in scientifically impossible space. Versus if we live in a pond, think about this. Here's a small uh, representation of what the world might be like. Go to Kansas, very flat, and we have a lake 25 miles around. Wow, it's a nice big lake, right? And in the center of that lake is a mountain, a tall, big, giant rock, right? And it's a, magnet, it's a giant magnet. Well, now I'm on the lake. My compass points towards the center of the lake, no matter where I am. So if I try to go east or west, I'm making a circle around the lake. Now, if I'm, you know, 12, I'm in the middle of the lake, 12 miles from the shore, 12 miles from the center. Not the middle of the lake, 12 miles, the middle of a quarter of the way across the lake. And I try to go east or west. I'm going to go in a circle. I'm not going to see land on either side because it's too far away to see. It's flat. So I'm going to feel like I'm in the ocean. 
and I'm going to go west and I'm going to end up, if I dropped a buoy in the water, I have an anchor, a mooring, and I go west, I'm going to make a circle and end up right back at that mooring. And I'm thinking going in a straight line because I'm going in a circle because that's what east and west are, circles on a globe, on a flat map, a flat map, a flat world. It's the same thing. Now, if I head towards the center of the lake, I'm heading north from any point. And if I head towards the edge of the lake from any point, I'm heading south because my back is to the north. So I'm heading south. So I'm so I turn my back to the center and I sail and all of a sudden I see land and I get to the edge of the lake. Now, I don't fall off into outer space because it's land. I climb up out of my boat. I get up on the land and I start walking. Okay. And now I walk, this is a smaller model of the world, right? The, the, our world pond is a 25 mile circumference lake. I walk a mile away. I can't even see the lake anymore. I walk another mile, another mile. Let's say I'm 10 miles away. And all of a sudden I come across another lake. Got another lake. I go out on the, on my, on my boat. I grab a, you know, another boat or I drag my canoe or whatever. And, uh, there's other islands out there, other continents. And the center of that lake has a magnetic center. And there's a, a light in the sky that we call the sun that circles around that center, just like it does on our flat earth, right? I've just gone to another world. I just went to Mars, to Jupiter, to whatever, the Pallades, whatever you want to call this pond. It's another world with other people, okay? And then what if there's hundreds and thousands of those lakes all across the earth plane? Now, that is scientifically possible versus impossible. Disclosure is just thousands of miles away, not trillions of miles, which doesn't make any sense. Okay. So, so that's a possibility. Extraterrestrials from the extra terra, from the outer space. It makes a lot of sense. All this stuff they're talking about, they've made it big and long. Right? They tell us that's, that other worlds, other planets are these ridiculous distance away when a planet, a planet, is a piece of the plane. Another little pond on the plane is a planet, and it's much closer. And they tell us about the Big Bang. Listen to this. The Big Bang, it, there is an explosion, and then the, you know, these planets are, 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 you know, are, are appear, and then there's the primordial, primordial ooze. And then lightning strikes and creates a one-celled organism. And that cell divides and divides and divides. And it kind of looks like a tadpole. Then it grows legs. And then it kind of looks like a monkey. And then it becomes a human. And then we're here. And that's over billions and billions of years. Well, what did they do? They, they made our solar system, you know, the other planets at huge distances and huge amounts of time when it was really close and small and right here, well, think about the creation of a human being over just nine months, not billions of years. First, there's a big bang, right? An explosion. And then there's the spark of God that creates the life. The cells start dividing. They turn into a tadpole. The human fetus looks like a tadpole. Then it grows legs and it kind of looks like a monkey. And then it's born. It's the same friggin' story. And the, the person that came up for, with the Big Bang Theory was a Jesuit priest. Okay? 
They're just taking the story of creation, which is short and local and small and fast and stretching it out over endless time. None of it is true. None of the heliocentric model nonsense, big bang, evolution, none of it is true. They are just telling you the same story of what's going on here. The big bang theory to me never made sense because basically there's supposed to be nothing in existence, but there apparently are gases. Well, what created the gases that caused the explosion? How about the, the Magellanic clouds, whatever, where they, they say that stars are born. They show us these nebulas, right? What's a nebula. It's a, that dust and gas in space that turns into stars. How do you have dust and gas in a vacuum? That's what I was getting ready to say. It's like, if it's a vacuum, there shouldn't be dust or gases because there's supposed to be nothing. It's a vacuum. They're, they're laughing at you because they say stuff that you can't verify. They say it with confidence. The guy's wearing a tie and a bow tie who lies and, and tells you this stuff. And it's nonsense, absolute and total nonsense. They tell us we have a molten magnetic core. Well, if you know anything about magnets, when you heat them up, they hit the Curie point before they melt. And that's where they lose all their magnetism. Molten magnetic core is like saying military intelligence. It's a misnomer. It doesn't make any sense. You kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but I've always thought like when you see the supposed photos from outer space or whatever, you don't actually see anything but black. Like when they landed on the moon, you didn't see anything in the background. It was just black sky and they claim it's, I don't know if it's supposed to, our atmosphere traps the light from all these trillions of miles away but you can't see it to the naked eye even though you can walk on the moon supposedly because there's a gravity but there is there no atmosphere like none of it makes any sense none of it makes any sense they they you know we should the stars should be so bright from the moon like the 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 conversation from the guys that allegedly landed on the moon should have been like oh my god look at the earth oh my god look at the stars oh my lord look at the stars there's so many it's so bright they shouldn't have been able to look down once it should have been so mind-blowing but they say oh well the aperture and the camera couldn't adjust to see the stars because the moon is so bright well the moon didn't look so bright it looked like a dusty dirty uh gray ball and um you know we we've taken our crappy phones here one of our one of our guys in uh, thailand and anybody can do this he stood under a streetlight with his iPhone 4 and filmed stars behind the bright streetlight, showing you that aperture, you know, is fine. You can see stars, right? So, you know, he's showing you that, look, yeah, there, there is a little aperture uh, adjustment on, on, a, on, on, a, on a camera, but that excuse doesn't work. The reason they don't show stars on the moon is because they can't. They can't figure out how to do it where we couldn't debunk it, where it, it makes no sense. So, so again, when you say, I am unable to, I never was able to understand. Well, you don't want to understand nonsense, right? You understand that it's nonsense. So you do understand. Okay. And you can say, well, I don't have a degree. A degree is just an indoctrination. I took four years of astronomy in college. I was awesome at it. It's all nonsense. It was all nonsense. It's all just made up nonsense i looked at a light in the sky and i go oh man that you know those rings are made of ice and uh, and this and that it's all made up it's nonsense it's honestly the stuff they teach if it's nonsense what it's honestly just someone's guessing because no one's ever been there to verify we're just listening to what someone tells us 
what they think it is. And that's what we're supposed to accept about anything. Right. So. People just made up, made up stuff because one book told them and then they're like, oh, well, I this and that. And uh, it's, it's all unsupported nonsense. And the people go, what about, what about the amateur astronomers? They're looking up, they're seeing lights in the sky and they're believing what they were taught that they are. Right. In reality, those lights are here. They're local. They're small. They're part of the living earth. Right. The earth is alive. We're alive. All of the things on earth are alive. Everything was alive. Everything. And the lights in the sky are sentient, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, kind of jumping back just a little bit, you'd mentioned with Antarctica and Admiral Byrd and everything. That also ties into what people consider the hollow earth theory. And I've done a little bit of looking into that as well. I think it all, instead of being a hollow earth and the flatter, I think it all is the concepts are similar as in instead of it being hollow, like you said, it's just an extended plane. So here's my take on that. And again, I wasn't there, but I'll just give you my take. Admiral Byrd went out and said he saw more land, more land bigger than the United States. Uh, they needed something to keep people trapped on the globe. So they said, oh, let's make it a hollow globe. And he found the you know conspiracy, found the hollow earth, right? If you believe in the hollow earth, you're trapped again on a globe. The globe is a prison for your mind. It's the matrix. It's the one that keeps you limited, stops your thoughts from expanding outwards across the plane, stops your understanding that there's abundance, right? There's no food shortage. You can take an old seed, stick in the ground, water will fall from the sky. The most precious substance on earth will fall from the sky and food will grow out of the ground, right? But people rather spend all their time making their lawn perfectly green with poisonous chemicals that make them sick, right? When they could use their front yard to feed the whole neighborhood, okay? And so there's no food shortage. Overpopulation, fly around the world, fly across the country, it's empty. There's nothing. They're lying about the number of people on earth, okay? And even if there were 8 billion people, um, that's nothing. It's nothing. They could all live in friggin' uh, Australia and half of Australia would be empty, okay? And th that's if you believe the size that they tell you Australia is. It's bigger, right? Um, mm. They have us afraid of asteroids coming in, right? Keeping us in fear. Asteroids don't exist. Those craters that we see come from within the earth. They're methane craters. They're, they're different things that happen that cause these craters. They're not um, rocks and ice falling from the sky. They're, they're keeping us in fear, right? Because they don't want us to know that we are the creators of our reality. They don't want us to know that our minds create our actual reality. Our thoughts create our things. Look at your life. Everyone listening to this, look at your life. It's 100% your fault, okay? It's the way that you think, right? Good or bad. You know, you think a bad thought, you're attracting that into your life. You think good thoughts, you're attracting that into your life. Um, you, you know, people, they don't, they want you to think that you are powerless, that you need the government to govern control meant your mind government your mind right they that you need them and that they have the authority to give and take your god-given rights away they do not the only way they can take your rights away is if you agree right everything in this world is an off okay everything from a parking ticket to a lease to uh sitting down in a restaurant everything is an offer everything. And you can accept these offers with conditions. You can't just say no. You can't just ignore it. You ignore it. You're saying yes. If someone says, Hey, I want you to stick this in your arm. 
um, and because of this and that, and because we say so, you say, okay, I accept your offer, but prove to me that all of these ingredients have been tested um, alone and together and have and caused no damage, right? That's a, that's a perfect counter offer. And, that, and if you know what I'm talking about, they're never going to do that. So again, we have free will and they don't want us to know it. They don't want us to know that there's free energy here. Imagine that your electricity and your fuel for your car was free. So in the summer, you can heat your house to, oh, you can cool your house so there's icicles coming off the ceiling. And in the winter, you can turn it into a sauna. And you can crank your hot tub up 104 all the time and leave the top off of it because it doesn't matter. And you can heat your pool and you can drive your car wherever you want because you never need to refill it. Imagine if that technology was available for the average person. Would that free up your life? Would that matter to you? Right? What if they have technology, you know, old world technology that cures you from all dis-ease? That's when you're not at ease, when you're in fear mode, your body is at dis-ease. And what if they had technology that could make you live a lot longer, right? Would that matter? Okay. Why does flat earth matter? Because flat earth unwinds the heliocentric mind matrix. Once you unplug from the flat earth, um, you can now see through everything. You know, I tried to wake people up to other major deceptions, New York, Boston, Connecticut, right? And they think, ah, you know, yeah, okay. But, you know, those people are going to be gone. And, you know, well, there's a new administration. But when you wake someone up to flat earth, they all of a sudden wake up to everything. They all of a sudden can see everything. So on my app, um, if you go into Friend Finder and look at all those blue dots, those are amazing, beautiful people. And those are the people that you want to network with. And my app helps you find, guess what? Your next door neighbor is awake and aware, but you never discussed it because you were afraid to. Well, now you got the blue dot, you message them, bam. You now have a new best friend for life, right? And they're all around. Just go look at the friend finder in the app. It's mind-blowing. Check out my YouTube channel, which is uh, at flatearthdave.com. There's tons of videos showing, um, showing that stuff. And showing more of what I'm talking about here. Tons of free stuff. Listen, people, the number one comment you're going to get, Dave's a grifter. He's trying to sell you an app. Don't buy my app. Go, go and try to find the information yourself. You know, spend all the time you want. If your time's not worth three bucks, um, you know, that's fine. But uh, there's tons of free information on my website, flatearthdave.com. I know when you go to YouTube and even when you just try and Google, literally almost everything that pops up is trying to disbunk flat earth there's little disclaimers that pop up in some of your videos all of them like i can't find hardly anything unless it's someone disproving your videos That's yeah that, they, they won't come up like when i said you know search for a specific name it won't show up that's why on the app if you say well what about seasons right and you go to the seasons button and you watch a video the next video that comes up after that will be another awesome seasons video. And the one after that, and the one after that, and the one after that. I tell people, if you're a flat earther, get the app and watch the daily video every day because you'll just get smarter. And if you think flat earth is stupid, take the flat earth app challenge. Get the app. Every day there's a featured video. It shows up at 8.01, 8.01 Eastern and AM. And just watch that video. I do short ones during the week, usually longer ones on the weekend, sometimes not even that long. And uh, just watch one a day for two weeks. At the end of that two weeks, guaranteed, you're gonna you're pretty much gonna know that the Earth is in the globe, or you're at least gonna have some major questions. 
if you still think the earth is a globe after that, send me one proof of the globe. Just email me one proof of the globe and you win three Bitcoins. Okay. But before you do, make sure you hit the frequently asked questions. Make sure your, your, your you know, claim isn't already answered in there. And if it is, watch those videos and go, huh, that seasons makes sense. It makes absolutely no sense. Actually, seasons prove the earth is flat, not a globe. We were told the otherwise. I never thought about it the way you just explained it to me. So that alone, that, that right there alone is worth the three bucks on the app. But um, take that challenge. Claim the three bucks because every person that has taken the challenge has become a flat earther. So if you're not willing to lose a couple friends, at least temporarily, um, because you think the earth is flat, don't take the app challenge because you will become a flat earther. <laughs> I don't have too many friends to worry about at this point, so I don't care. Well, <laughs> that, that, you know what? It, that's a, it's a blessing in disguise. Um, it, but quality friends, it's not the number of friends that matters. You need one quality friend. And there's so many people over the years of flat earth have said, I feel so alone. I'm in the middle of nowhere. I don't have anyone I can talk to. I go out to parties or bar, whatever. And it's just like people are talking about matrix nonsense, right? You know, and it, it goes, it's so difficult. Then they go, then I got on the app. I found five people right in my, my neighborhood, you know, or, you know, my city. And uh, we meet every uh, first Sunday and every month we started a telegram group, you know, boom, new best friends. And now these people have completely transformed their lives. People are finding other like-minded people. That's what this is all about. You know, that's what every dating site's about, finding a like-minded person. Well, guess what? If you understand the globe lie and are working on flat earth, you're also awake and aware to many of the other deceptions and you have um, a way of thinking that is um, fits into a category. We call it the, the flat earth researcher category. Well, every blue dot on that screen will it is literally a better match for you than any dating website or friendship website could ever do because that person already has more in common with you than, than you can deal with. There's so much, right? So the potential of every one of those blue dots becoming a best friend, significant other, good friend, whatever is 99%. Nothing else does that. Yeah. Again, it's hard to find people that are on the same wavelength of certain things because not with the app. I've always been one of those people that's kind of everyone, oh, you're a conspiracy. They're like you believe in conspiracies, this and that. No, I just question a lot of stuff. Well, you believe that two or more men can get together and conspire for their own benefit? What is wrong with you? <laughs> right. So okay, well, I think we're about up with this time limit here. I've got so I do have, the, like I said, the final question was actually because I've asked around and the biggest question that I had to ask was the whole why. So if you've got the time to. Yeah, yeah I'll hit you. I mean, I, I kind of went over it. It's why the lie It's because this is about control. When you wake up to flat earth, you understand that there's more, right? There's options that you're not under control, right? When you, when you wake up to flat earth, you, all the fear gets taken away. Well, we're not running out of food. We're not running out of land. We're not running out of energy. Where there's abundance everywhere. Um, we're not there. There's more more places to go and explore. There's um, energy technology that they don't want us to have. Right? Our history is a lie. In the app under the web button, you go to um, 
mud floods Tataria, that will take you down rabbit holes that will blow your mind. Go to the homeschooling section on the app. Um, so much stuff there. You can basically get rid of your cable television because you have so much content coming out of here. So why the lie? It's about, it's the only way they can control us because once you understand that you're in a prison, which is the globe, right? If I put, um, if you, if you had a tiger as a pet and you, <clears throat> you put it in your yard, you fenced in your yard, he's going to pace around that fence and want to get out. So now you say, you know what? I, I'm going to put him in a mile enclosure. He's going to see that fence and he's going to be like, what the hell is going on the other side of this fence? You put him in a 50 mile enclosure, right? You got him, you know, got a nice piece of forest and you got a 50 mile fence. That tiger is going to hit that fence and he's going to go at, ah, he's going to turn around and go the other way. He's not going to care. You put a human in there, human sees a fence. I don't care how big it is. 25,000 miles around. They want to see what's on the other side of that fence. Cause that's the nature of a human being with, so they want to shut us down. They want us not thinking, not using our minds. They calcify our pineal gland. They don't want us at wanting to explore because we are here to expand the mind of the creator. We are part of the creator. We are part of the creation. We are the beneficiaries to this creation. And they want you to think that it just happened from a big bang where nothing turned into everything and a random spark you know, turned into a human over millions and billions of years of evolution. That's nonsense. We're here to explore and expand and uh, flat earth takes you there. And uh, I, you know, so many people have said, you know, they were depressed for long periods of time. And after they found flat earth, that depression went away. Depression is because your soul, the true you is trying to talk to your conscious mind, but it's too lost in your ego, the propaganda, the news where they steer your mind, North, East, West, South news is a acronym for steering your mind. Right. And they don't want you, they want you living in fear, right? You turn on the news. What do you see? Putin's going to blow us up with a nuclear bomb. Then you find out nuclear bombs don't exist. Oh, that's it, Dave. You've gone too far. Nuclear bombs don't exist. Yeah, nuclear bombs don't exist. Hiroshima and Nagasaki were big TNT explosions. Three days later, the trains were running. The sandwich shops were open. The flower shops were open. People were back to work. Yeah, there was an explosion there, but it wasn't a nuclear bomb. Okay? And uh, if you want to learn more about nuclear bombs in the app, under the homeschooling section, there's the Crow 777 radio um, um, button. Hit that and episode 053 and, zero, and, and 400. Um, if you listen to those two episodes, that's four hours of listening, then you will absolutely know nuclear bombs don't exist. And every time you hear someone on the news mention nuclear bombs, instead of every cell in your body becoming diseasy, they become hysterically laughing. That guy's a clown. Everything you just said is bull baloney and, uh, and, and it literally lifts your spirit and takes you into ease, health, happiness, freedom from the heliocentric matrix. Okay. I'll definitely be checking out the app and I do encourage everyone out there that has listened to, uh, do the same, but again, David, I definitely appreciate you coming out today. It's definitely been a pleasure, a little bit of eye opening. So. All right, Brendan, thanks. And uh, if you use a uh, image for a thumbnail, do not use a disc floating in space because that's not what flat earth is. <laughs> not a problem. All right. Thank you, David. Have a All right, good Brendan. Day. Thanks, man. See ya. Yeah, right. Bye. And that's our show, everyone. 
Again, I'd like to thank David for coming out and talking to us tonight. He provided a lot of information that definitely gets you start to think about some things. Now, I'm not here to tell you that the earth is flat. I'm not here to say the earth is round. I do not know. I want you guys to look into it yourself, come up with your own decisions based off of what you find out on your own research. If you've had an encounter and like to be on the show, please send me a message. You can send me an email at tinfoiltellspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's tinfoiltellspodcast at gmail.com. We can talk about getting you on a future episode. Good night, everyone.